The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Site Migration. Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to publish an episode every day covering a case study that walks you through the steps of an enterprise grade site migration. Joining us for Site Migration Week is Doug Bell, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data driven decisions. So far this week, we've talked about Searchmetrics' reason for running a site migration and all of the effort that went into the site migration before any development had actually started. And today, we're going to talk more about that actual development and testing phase and how Searchmetrics boosted their site speed through a site migration. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's the third installment of Site Migration Week with Doug Bell from Searchmetrics. Doug, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks, Ben. Good to be back. Happy hump day. We're halfway through the week and we're talking about your site migration. We're actually to the point now where we've talked about why you're doing a site migration, all the work that you did, all the inventory that you took getting ready to start development. And here we are where the rubber meets the road, where the fingers hit the keyboards, you're actually in development. Talk to me about what development looks like for a site migration like yours. So this is the point where you're moving away from concept and wireframes to actually building in WordPress. And so the user experience piece tends to be very important. I mentioned yesterday on a Monday, Ben, we were iterating on that user experience with our SEO team each time it comes out. Big tip as well, keep them involved the entire way along when it comes to user experience. That was the first thing. Then you're actually beginning to load those pages with content. And so you're going from, in our case, 
our messaging stack and our new messaging that came out to translating that onto the page level, right? So the product section, homepage, all these areas. And then you're starting to get to the point where as you're building and launching that, there's a huge difference between the perception of how your user experience will play out. In other words, the design of the page and what ends up happening when you're loading that content in there. And so there were, gosh, at least four or five iterations, Ben, where we were going back and forth with that content. And you're also spending a lot of time on the graphic design. So it's not just about about the written content itself. And if you go and visit, and I highly encourage you to to do so, the homepage or any of the product pages, you're going to see a lot of visual elements that are meant to represent how the product performs. Separate podcast, Ben, potentially on some of the design elements we were considering that were rather complex using iframes in the product section, we ultimately decided to go with a lighter version, again, speaking to Agile, where we actually were able to show how the product works without actually punching into the product itself. There's a huge amount of internal linking going on, especially even if you're just doing small adaptation of the website architecture, but you're constantly looking at improving that linking. And then, of course, you're building your site migration plan. In our case, we had 18,000 links to migrate. (laughs) And I think that took the bulk of my team's time, ultimately, to make sure that those links were valid and the mapping was correct, and we weren't doing multiple redirects and causing ourselves even more pain with Google. So you mentioned that there's a couple different components that are being developed all at once. You're doing copy, you're doing creative, you're doing the underlying website build it seems like there is a chicken or the egg or a dance here. Does one really take precedent where the design team comes in and says, here is our logo, here is the shape and the size it should be. We need to write our copy and build our website around it. Is the website team coming up and saying, this is the space you have to put your images. Here's how much text you can include. Or is everything just led by the SEO team and it's all about content optimization? User experience was our primary priority, Ben. I think it's a really good question. The designers win. The designers win. And, and the funny thing is, our SEO team had no problem with that at all whatsoever. In fact, they were encouraging it. And this is the thing. I, I, again, we're, we have to be in the cutting edge. We're search metrics. We constantly have to be in the cutting edge. So we're not dealing with SEOs talking about keyword density on the page, right? So they, they understand and recognize the importance of user experience. And I'll call it again, user empathy on the site. So they would lean towards that. In fact, we had a couple instances where they actually were pushing us on the user experience side. You're making this sound like it is smooth sailing the entire way. I don't believe you. Who threw the first punch? What was the fist fight that happened when we're dealing with design, engineering, content optimization, copywriting all at the same time? What were some of the the stumbling blocks or where did you run into some adversity and how did you manage that? when you're developing multiple different pieces of a website all at once? So it wasn't perfect, Ben. We had challenges in the DevOps side, nothing to do with our DevOps team, but just a lot of complexity when we were setting up our own instance. That wasn't easy. We actually had a huge hiccup when it came to the brand identity. Our chosen logo incidentally ended up being used by another company in market three weeks before we were supposed to launch. We were so focused on user experience and SEO. really feels like that's the theme of my recommendations here. But we uh, are amazing. One of our team leads for the content team at Searchmetrics, who's an amazing copywriter, really great at narrative. The person that created the brand manifesto that started all this for us got to the end of the editing process and said, this is a nightmare. Your content is all over the place. You're not telling a story. <laughs> right? So user experience and the design and the SEO team were deeply satisfied. And at the end of the day, we had too many cooks in the kitchen. 
and really had to scramble the last couple of days. We had a hiccup with our Marketo instance where we had code that was not firing properly. But you know what, Ben? At the end of the day, I still got to drive the Ferrari to the corner store. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> you might need new brakes and a new clutch, but you know the paint still looks nice. <laughs> no, I, the, the site looks beautiful as, as much as I want to make a Ferrari joke. I, I can't say that you actually wrecked it before you got to pick up your gallon of milk. But the anal- maybe the analogy here, Ben, is a little bit heavy-handed. And maybe let's go back to it because we did have to get in that Ferrari. And I don't know if anybody here has been on a, in a Ferrari before, but it's got like eight pedals. Have you seen this? No, Doug, I drive a 1994 Ford Explorer. I have no <laughs> idea what the inside of a Ferrari actually looks like. <laughs> okay. All right. I have to say, I don't either. I've never driven one, but I've peered inside and there's this incredible array of brakes and clutches and pedals. And that's a little bit what it was like for us. We had really had to understand just how to work with that Ferrari initially. And I have to say, there were some misfires happening for us. But at the end of the day, really, it came down to my core team, my marketing team, and its ability to put great content on the page. And cheers to Stephen Bench Capone. He did a wonderful job making sure that narrative held together. But boy, there were some stressful faces on the phone calls as we were looking to launch. But yes, it was not perfect, Ben. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So as you get closer to the launch phase and you've done the dance between the multiple constituents that are working hard to make your website look and feel and operate like a cohesive unit, talk to me about the testing phase before you actually you know, press the big red start button, the ignition. How do you make sure that everything's going to work smoothly? Mm-hmm. Staging environment. You don't short your staging environment. Do not short your staging environment. In other words, you're trying to create as close to a pristine representation of what you're going to launch. Don't wait. Hey, we'll fix this later. Hey, we're going to launch this later. Don't do that. So that was really a big thing. And that came down to our product manager's experience, making these things happen. Look for cloaking problems. I think it's called Google Standard and Google Mobile. This can be a real nightmare if you're not careful... And of course, you know, make sure your site speed is what you think it's going to be. And then we even had a chance to talk about all the work that went in there. But those are just a few of the things I would speak to from a pre-launch testing standpoint. So you have to have your dev environment set up, your testing environment, so you can actually get an accurate representation of how the site's going to perform. 
So tell me what you're actually looking for once you get your testing environment set up. So I think Ben, this is the point where, and I can't emphasize this piece enough as well, if you are not paying attention to internal linking, that's going to be a challenge for you. And I think that really we talked again and again about how to involve your SEO team. You're going to do the best practices here. You're going to check in your sitemap, the old and the new sitemap with Search Console, Google Search Console. But before you do that, you're going to take your SEO team, you're going to sit them down, you're going to make sure you're publishing this correctly. And again, I've got this expert team, but also a lot of my marketing team members are SEOs themselves. So this is something we could handle. And then you're, you're asking Google to crawl. You're preparing to have Google to crawl the new map. In other words, to demand the new map be crawled. And so it understands, it gets that strong signal that you've migrated the site. That was huge for us, Ben, in terms of post-launch success. So one of the things that we mentioned in the title of this episode was talking about how you use the site migration and did this development to boost site speed. This is one of the biggest wins for search metrics from a performance perspective. Going through the development phase, how did you manage to tackle some of the key problems you had with site speed? So we had our, like I said, we split the workload between two people, two developers, our current site developer, in other words, our old site, and at that time, a new site developer. One of the reasons I would recommend this, and I understand there's plenty of organizations out there that either have just a propensity of resources that they're going, duh, or super small organizations going, geez, I'm barely able to afford a developer for this. But if you have that luxury, I would say split them. And what we were able to do is to have our web developer focus almost exclusively on site speed. And a lot of the things that we got right through that process, Ben, I'm going to mention one thing we got wrong that we still need to catch up with. But we used things like lazy loading and we used cache validation and inline small CSS and we used minified JavaScript really, really well. We still have a big site. So one of the things penalizing us currently that we really can't tackle until future releases of the site. We've got two more coming up, three, sorry, more the redirects. And we just, unfortunately, we have a ton of content. So some of those redirects are going to have to wait. So we went from seven and a half seconds to four and a half, or sorry, 4.1 seconds as a part of the migration. Do you care to guess what it is that's holding us off from meeting a world-class standard of 1.2 for site load speed? Take a wild guess. The, po- the, the podcast. <laughs> it's all my fault, Doug. It's all my fault. Google Tag Manager setup. Um, My other problem. (laughs) (laughs) We, with amazing help from people like you over the years, we really made that structure and hierarchy a lot better. But it wasn't optimized for site speed. So ironically enough, all the great work we did together getting ready for all the performance projects we had was the thing that slowed us down. One thing that we aren't doing well is being able to really leverage scaled images in the way that we need to. And one day, Facebook and Google are going to let me crack their server so I can deal with some Browser caching. It's going to happen, Ben. I promise you. It's going to happen. They're going to give me the power. Good Good luck with that. <laughs> okay. So, Doug, we're up to the point now where we've got through ideation. You got your team in place. You got your development pretty much wrapped up. And now we're ready to talk a little bit about how the site's actually performed. So we're going to get into that tomorrow. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Doug Bell, CMO of Searchmetrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Doug, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is marketadvocate, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. 
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions, or you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our show's handle is Voices of Search, or you could reach out to me personally. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part four of our conversation with Doug Bell, CMO of Searchmetrics, where we talk about the performance of Searchmetrics site migration, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Bye.